Hello friends, how are you? How are you getting on? My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome and I hope you're having a lovely gentle day. Today I'm joined by my good pal Keith Walsh. He was a presenter, podcaster, artist, creative, mental health advocate and is currently promoting his play Oh, no, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> pure <laughs> mental. So, Keith, what's it like being pure mental, man? Oh, Jesus. I think uh, I think if you're not living, like, if you're living, you're, you're mental. You know what I mean? Okay. Every, every, everybody's mental. So that's the that's the great thing. Once you come to the realization that everyone's mad and it's the... Actually, the ones that are pretending not to be mad are the maddest of all. Okay. So, you know, so do you mean like instead of hiding it, we should be celebrating it? Yeah, because we all have our, you know, madnesses and uh, things like weird things that we do, and we like we keep them in our own heads, and we we you know we don't we don't want like I I don't want I don't want to be the guy who just you know I probably was for a long time the guy who just like pretended everything was grand and everything was great and you know not I, nothing bothered me and everything is fine I can handle everything I was I was a cool guy, and that's that's a that's a really shitty place to be. Um, and I just worry, I worry for the lads that are just kind of like, you know, able to cope with everything and, and it, nothing seems to phase them, you know, but yeah. so it's, it was great being pure mental. Yeah. It's, it's mad though. And it's that like, I don't know if it's an Irish culture thing or just a human culture thing where it's like that whole kind of mindset of uh, it doesn't matter what's going on once the neighbors don't find out, you know what I mean? So we're getting all, we're hanging around with the lads and we could be broken inside, but we're, still playing the character still putting on the mask everything's grand like you know and just let's just crack a joke and, and get on with it like instead of actually saying here this is what's actually going on for me and i remember hearing a lady describe it brilliantly before and she said she felt like brown thomas on the outside and tesco on the inside and i could identify so much with that it's it's funny actually there's a there's a bit in the play where i talk about like like in when i when i grew up um as a lot of my youth was in the 80s and we'd go to mass every day and everybody would turn up in like I grew up in Athlone everybody would turn up in their finest clothes everybody looking lovely the hair combed you know beautiful families all you know smelling great whatever and like there was carnage in the, at home in the house but everybody yeah. turned up lo- looking brilliant and it, it, it's such a weird it's it's so weird to to try and live like that I mean it's got to be crippling it's got, like ultra, it's got to it's got to, it's going to take you down somewhere you can't and I, and I I have this theory that it goes back to keeping secrets from I don't know maybe it started with keeping secrets from the English but but then ultimately it was from the Catholic Church we couldn't tell them anything because like you know if the Catholic Church or if the neighbors found out your daughter was pregnant the Catholic priest would come and take her away and bring her to the laundry you know like just like weird you know we just had this weird anything that happened in the house stay, stayed in the house and like you could have a, like terrible things happening behind closed doors and they never, no one ever talks about them. And even to this day, like there's, there's bits in my play, uh, which is called Pure Mental, uh, as you mentioned, about my family and growing up and kind of like, you know, piss, piss the family off a bit, you know, because mm. I was telling tales outside the house, you know. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And it's like, it's like, like, and it is our kind of, we're so terrified of what the neighbors would think or what the neighbors would find out. And you know what I mean? It doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter what's happening, but Jesus, don't let Mary next door. Will you keep it down and stop chill? Mary will hear you. Like you can do what you want, just or the, let the dysfunction go on, but just don't let Mary next door here, you know. And 
And that's the thing, man. We are, I love that. We are all mad. Like, I came from a perfectly normal, dysfunctional family, like, you know, and uh, and just to know that everyone's kind of normal is normal. And 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 the mad thing is, like, I found out, like, with my own kind of mental health and, and even with me drinking, was that when I actually opened up and started to talk about it with certain people, like, everyone was like, yeah, me too. I was like, what? You mean, like, and so you turn around and said, look, I've already bad, bad bed wetting problem. I've been carrying this secret for years. I didn't want to tell anyone. <laughs> And half the lads are like, oh, yeah, me too. You're like, what? You know, and it's like you've been carrying this really big secret. And then it's like everyone, like, it's not this, like, terminal uniqueness that you're the only one that feels low or you're the only one that, you know, is getting panic attacks or whatever it may be, you know. But just because no one's discussing it doesn't mean no one else is feeling like that. And then actually when you, you know, start to talk about it, people actually start to validate your existence and start to make you feel part of and say, geez, I'm not the only one that, has human emotions, you know? Mm. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely think that it's, I definitely think that it's it's tougher. I don't want to, I don't want to make a sort of a male-female comparison, but I definitely think it's kind of tougher for men because we're brought up to um, believe that we need to cope, you know, on we need to, we need to be able to cope with everything. We need to be able to cope with the stresses of life. We need to be able to like, you know, like terms like man up and grow a pair of balls and all this kind of stuff. You know, it just, it, it, you know, it, it, it makes you think that when you're growing up, you need to be able to say to like, to my, like I, I me personally, I felt like I need to be able to say to my wife, like, I'm not worried about anything. Don't, you know, you don't need to worry. Cause I'm, everything's cool so if she was ever worried about anything i'd say oh everything's grand it's cool don't be worrying be fine like but i couldn't share my worries because i had to pretend that i had everything in hand and everything was going to be fine you know um and that's just i you know i suppose that's that's maybe a cultural thing whatever that's the way you're brought up you just kind of you know you you, you man up and you sort of like you you just grow a pair of balls and you you, you know you, you drive on you keep going and you know never give up and don't be you know, don't show it's 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 vulnerability uh column mm-hmm. that's the that's the magic word you know vulnerability that's it and it's it's like with like that masculine persona you know that we're taught to always be the hammer but never be the nail you know what i mean to always just bang 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 give it out but never be able to kind of take what's going on like you know and you know it's that thing just brush it under the carpet and and get on with it like and and this the, the, i think one of the sad things about mental health and maybe like people who need to find help for like the likes of alcohol dependency or any other addiction or any other negative kind of um mental aspect that we can find is it's usually people when they reach rock bottom like i only learned about mental health and mental health coping strategies and coping mechanisms and healthy dependency kind of what i suppose ways of dealing with my mental health but i only found these things out when i hit rock bottom you know what i mean when i hit when my mental health did hit the wall then i reached out for a therapist then i started to tell my family look i'm really struggling you know what i mean and i was kind of on the outside everything looked great you know on the outside everything was nice and shiny you know the good job relationship you know everything looked great but on the inside you know my, my mental health was falling apart and you know kind of trying to open up and tell people you know my mom didn't get it tell me mom look my, i'm suffering with anxiety she goes oh, did you did you try some flat seven up or i'll, I'll say i'll light i'll light a candle for you now this sunday and i was like all right thanks you know and it's like and then you say to one of the lads you're like okay this this fella this fella needs a point or look Colin your problem is like you're not you're not an alcoholic you just need to stay out the spirits and just drink a beer or are you eating enough bread before you go out or are you you know <laughs> you're taking the alka seltzer you know there's always a way there's never like 
there's always a way around it, like, you know, and it wasn't until I reached out to and got professional help that I realized that, you know, I, I was in rock bottom and I was in the, in, the midst, on, on, in the midst of a breakdown. But I suppose that breakdown did lead to a breakthrough because I knew the way I was living, the way I was thinking, and uh, I suppose the uh, behaviors and patterns that I had just weren't serving me or empowering me anymore. And I needed to kind of unlearn a lot of the core beliefs that I had. Like what, what, like what's a bit of your story and how, what kind of motivated you to want to write this play? Um, well, I think it came from, I mean, I, I, I can't say that I kind of hit rock bottom necessarily, but I definitely got to a point where, so I, so I was a radio presenter doing breakfast shows mostly for 20 years. And then I was on the 2FM breakfast show for five years. And then one day, you know, sort of over, period of a few weeks whatever. anyway the decision was made that the they were they were finishing with that breakfast show and they're going to start with a new breakfast show and i was out the door basically you know mm. and that was kind of like um you know you'll find you'll find that uh i suppose like people call the midlife crisis or or you know you can have a quarter life crisis or you can have a moment but you'll find there's always a catalyst like this was a catalyst for me the, the breakfast show finishing up where i was just like uh, I felt, you know, I felt an enormous sense of rejection. I felt like, like I'm the type of person who, and it's, and a lot of people are, you know, you've got that imposter syndrome where you expect someone to tap you on the shoulder and go, you shouldn't be fucking presenting this show. You're not, you're not good enough. I always kind of felt it anyway. So that was validation of my feelings. Like, you, yeah, you are actually kind of pretty shit. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you don't, you didn't deserve the job and you're not good enough. So I felt uh, enormous amount of rejection and, I suppose at the same time, I was like, well, what the, f-? you know, what, it, it, like, why do I not feel good enough? Why, what's going on? How do I, how do I tackle that? If I'm not good enough, how do I get better? Or if I am good enough, but I don't realize I'm good enough, how do I fix that? And like my wife at the time, when the, when the job finished up, I kind of had, I was at, I suppose, a bit of a crossroads, midlife crisis. She was like, you know, you should probably go and talk to somebody, a therapist. And, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, I think, you know, I started, you know, after a period of time, I eventually sort of said, yeah, I will, I'll go and talk to somebody. And my, my reason for going to a therapist was a real kind of man reason. I was like, oh yeah. Cause he'll, he'll tell me what to do next. Like he'll, he'll fix it for me. Cause I was looking for a fix, you know, the magic uh, being. he'll give me, he'll tell me what to do next. So like I go to the gym, uh, I, 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 I eat healthily and I'm going to go to this man and he's going to fix my head. So he's just going to tell me what to do next. Yeah, and that was my mo- that was my motivation, you know, and, and, um, so I started a therapy and the guy I go to, see, I still go to see him, a guy called Luke, um, and he got me writing again. So one of the ways that he encourages people to, to work out, like we all have these kind of stories in our heads, like things happen to us when we were young, um, that we carry them around and they weigh us down and they, they're, they're trauma and whatever. And we, we hold on to them. You know, they're the things that, that wake us up at three o'clock in the morning and we can't get back to sleep because we're thinking about that shitty thing we did, said to that lad when we were in fifth class, you know, or, or whatever it is, you know, or, mm. you know, some lad that died when you were young and you, you don't know, you know, you feel like you were responsible somehow. And so, so there's all these stories of, of, of my childhood of growing up, whatever. And I, I just wrote, I, I just wrote and then I did this create a writing course and I wrote more and then I it was all kind of these the stories I was writing were stories about myself um and I just sent them to a friend of mine this uh Janet Morn who's a director actor uh and we'd gone to college together to study acting 
uh, back in the day. And um, I sent it to her. I said, look, Janet, do you think there's that in this? And she said, look, I think there's I think there's a one man play in this a one man show. And she helped me work it up and uh, and 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 write the thing properly. And and yeah, and that's it. That's the story. Like, so it was it was therapy. It was cathartic. It was uh, I got everything out of my head onto onto a page. Uh, it allowed me to move on. Like, and it was that. So, so vulnerability is the word I mentioned. So the vulnerability started with me going to the therapist. The vulnerability started with me telling him the truth. So he was asking me whatever about my childhood, about, you know, what went on when you were young. And I was able yeah. to tell him about, you know, how, how, you know, what happened to me when I was young. And, mm. you know, that's to be vulnerable with another man is a huge step. And then, and then I took that vulnerability another step and I, and I wrote these things down on paper. And then in, even in a creative writing course, I was reading out stories that I'd written about myself and then I and then I took the vulnerability on another step and I and I sent them to another friend and I said, look, will you have a look at this? So I, so all along I was taking these steps to living a more honest life because I was being vulnerable. And I was able to say, look, this fucking I've written the story about this shitty thing that happened to me. Will you have a read of it? Um, first of all, I was being vulnerable with myself, then I was sharing with other people. And the more my pretend persona and my honest life persona lined up the, the easier things got so yeah. i was able to um i was able to close the gap between who i was pretending to be and who i really was um and in that i lost kind of all the a lot of the trauma that i was carrying with me you know um because because the energy it takes to fucking be somebody else uh that would kill you itself you know yeah. the stress the stress and just like you know turn it up to Turn up anywhere, turn up at a, uh, to meet friends in a pub and having to drink because because you can't, you don't have the energy to fucking keep going. You need drink to sort of keep you going in like the, with the energy it takes to to kind of not be somebody else but be a version of yourself. Um, it's it, it's so so ultimately the play got written because of therapy, but the play and that journey was cathartic and and it was therapy and yeah, it's gotten me to a place where where I feel like a, a different person, a, a, diff, a better version of myself, yeah. the best version of myself, you know? I, lo I love that. Yeah. And again, identify with all of that, you know, going to, you know, going to see the therapist and expecting like to get this magic little like solution that's wrapped in a bow, you know, in my head, I thought, right, I'm lost. Maybe, maybe I need to go and climb the Alps and I'll find a monk in a cave and, tell me what my life purpose is and what I, what I need to be doing like or you know I this thing or I go, go and see a counsellor and uh, to be just this click I walk out after 10 minutes and say yeah it's because someone robbed me teddy bear when I was in second class like you know and uh, and and like that to challenge my thoughts that you know the feelings are real but the, the events aren't you know to be able to say look you know the, the, the things going on in your head aren't aren't all reality like you know what I mean and I heard someone say before you know what what's an abbreviation for fear is future events appearing real you know or false evidence appearing real and like that you know i was an actor my whole life i was terrified i'd get found out i was a phony that no one would like me i just default feeling if i walked into school if we walked into a college if we walked into a job if we walked into a relationship i felt less than i felt like an, an, an imposter i felt like a phony i felt like i was 80 percent and everyone else was 100 everyone else just looked like they had their, their shit together and I didn't know how to like what what how do you do that? I was like I was a 
pretending to be normal. I was observing normal people and copying them. Like I, I was like the Dave Rattenborough of humans, like looking and observing and studying and being like, right, I need to go in today and talk about football. That's what normal people do, you know, and trying to just be normal. And beneath it all, like just being terrified to be found out or wouldn't be liked or would be rejected or whatever it was. Like I, I never knew what it was. And I remember hearing a great quote by Jim Carrey there recently, you know, it's, it, he said, like, depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of being the character you're trying to play, you mm. know, and it's like we're just constantly trying to play. Like everyone's a mirror. I'll show up and I'll be this certain guy for Keith or I'll be that certain guy for Anto or I'll be this certain guy for John and you know that the, I'll be the happy go lucky or maybe I'll be the football expert or maybe I'll be a people pleaser but I'll be whatever you want just please accept me and like me like you know and then um, and I think that's what my uh, when I did hit rock bottom with my mental health was just that um, exhaustion of constantly trying to be an actor and trying to be someone I wasn't and terrified of to being myself because the real me would be like found out and rejected. And even with my counselor, I remember going to see a counselor and we'd sit in and talk about, like, I, I, I just talked to him and, you know, talk about football or whatever. And just terrified to actually go any deeper. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, this guy, like, like the more I got to like him, the, more, the, le- the least I wanted to be honest about mm. myself because then he wouldn't like me, like, you know? And uh, he goes, oh, you're a really cool guy. And then as soon as I, but then I think, yeah, wait, he actually finds out what I'm really like. And I remember that feeling of actually being open and honest with him and he still accepted me and he still gave me that compassion and that friendliness. And for the first time, I felt, well, I'm not, I'm not the piece of shit I thought I was, like, you know what I mean, in my head. And to be able to be that open and honest with, with someone, you know, and you talked about vulnerability. And, like, what, like what for you, like, like, it takes great confidence to be that vulnerable, not just with yourself, but even with your creative creativity, you know, that you, uh, uh, that's what you notice about your um, social media. I love all the posts you put up, but a lot of people would, would be very creative, but they struggle for that courage to put things out there. Like what, what advice would you give to someone to help them with that confidence to put out their creative art? Well, um, I, I mean, the confidence comes from, I think the vulner- it's vulnerability um and like so many people have said to me different things down through the years that kind of stuck in my mind like you know I remember someone saying to me I was I was getting ready for something I was I was I was kind of I was I don't know what I was preparing for but this person was sort of helping me as a sort of a a a mentor and they just said like Keith it's time to put the blinkers on now for a while um in other words like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks like forget about everybody else stop thinking about everybody else and there's like we 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 think about things like selfishness as like vulnerability is a bad thing being vulnerable like showing your weakness that's bad being selfish that's bad but all those things are the things that you need to 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 be you know a, a the best version of yourself to be a, to to enjoy life like you have to be honest you have to be vulnerable you have to be you have to allow yourself to be to be wrong to be to be weak to be um to, yeah all those things um and then you have to it's you have to be selfish so you have to sort of be like well this is what i want to say and this is how i want to say it and this is how how i want to appear like you know once you sort of realize kind of like you know what do you like doing you know well i, I tell you what I, don't, I fucking hate talking about football so i won't be doing that again and i don't give a shit if like if you know it's almost like drink 
you know what I mean? You're going to have to stop hanging around with your football friends. Cause like that was, you know, I, I fucking don't like talking about football. It's, it's, it's about, it's just about honesty. It's about deciding what you like doing. It's about going back to your childhood. And if you as a child love sitting around and drawing shit, do that. Like, like we all have it in our heads. We all know what it is. Like sit down at a table and tell everybody to feck off because you're drawing pictures for the next hour or you're writing poems for the next hour or you're writing shite for the next hour or you're coloring in or you're going out and you're going to start playing hurling again or you're going out and you're going to start playing football again or whatever it is that thing that brought you joy as a kid that you stopped doing because you felt like either you weren't good enough or somebody told you you weren't good enough or uh, you know, you, you you need to just drill down into yourself and find the place, the thing that you used to love doing. And that's where you'll find that your true self and your true joy. And like, I'm still like, I haven't done this play yet. I've written, we, we like we venues booked. I'm fucking shitting it now because now I have to get on stage. I have to learn my lines and I have to deliver it. Um, so like, I'm still, I'm still on the journey. I'm not there yet. I could at any minute sort of back up, back out and go you know, fuck this, I'm not doing it, you know, but it's kind of like put the blinkers on, back yourself. Uh, and it's, I suppose for me, like, this was a, like, I am at the stage now where I'm about to go on tour with the play, but it started with me sending, well, it started with me writing the first thing. It started with me joining up to a creative writing course. It then like, the biggest thing at that point, like the biggest step I took then was to send the stuff to my friend Janet. Like that was the next big step. That was the thing I was shitting myself about. But once that was over, then the next thing was, oh, fuck, now I'm going to have to, Janet says she likes it. She wants me to write more stuff. Now I'm going to have to come back with more stuff. And she's going to think that's shit. So like all along the way, you just give yourself little goals. And yeah. for me, like, for me, like I always had in my head, I'd love to do a bit of creative writing. I'd love to try and write a play. So what we what we do is we think no more than yourself if it's like a big race or the Ironman or whatever you, what you think is like I could never do that because you think of the enormity of the thing but you but you need to break that down and go well, first of all I'm gonna like let's figure out how we can run 5k first do you know mm -hmm. what I mean like so you need to break it down um and confidence comes from little wins so if you can find little goals, like little wins, like maybe it's learning how to do a 5k, maybe it's learning how to, maybe it's, maybe it's writing a short story, maybe it's doing a class. And then you've got that little win and that gives you a little lift and that gives you the confidence. And you've got a little bit of confidence and then you can sort of take what's, what's my next goal. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, listen to yourself, back yourself. You know, if people are saying, why would you do that? Sure. You'd be shit at that. Like ignore them, put the blinkers on. Think about what you like doing and give yourself little goals towards, you know, maybe you, maybe you fancy yourself as an actor. So, you know, join the local acting society or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, just do it. Go and give yourself a little goal. And, and those little things will give you the confidence. And even if, even if I didn't, even if this play didn't happen and even if it didn't get to this point, I was learning an awful lot about myself anyway. Like, the, you know, you'll, I was I was gaining and when I say confidence it's not like a cockiness it's a confidence in how you feel about things 
mm. and a confidence in what you say and a confidence in. And I tell you about the social media thing. I would have been very much like if I was tweeting something, I'd be like, there, there'd be certain people in my head and go, what will they think about this if I tweet? What will that person think if I tweet? What will that? All those people, all those voices are gone now. So if I'm putting up a piece of whatever on social media, I'm just doing it because in that moment, I've got this surge of energy to go, this is fuck it. I'm going to put this out because that's what I want to do right now. I've got the blinkers on. I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just thinking about what I want to do in that moment. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm learning to express myself. And sometimes, sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong, but, but you learn in the process, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's all true. And, it is. It's the small attainable achievements or the small attainable goals, you know, that, um, you know, I heard Will Smith on a podcast recently and he was talking about it's not about perfection. It's about consistency. You know what I mean? It's about, you know, you're, you you place one good brick at a time to build a decent house. Like, you know what I mean? It's not about, you know, laying a million bricks. Like, it's just one good brick at a time. And, and like that, that little bit of confidence. And what I found the thing about confidence and self-doubt is that I, I was expecting that one day I'd wake up and just like click of a finger, like the confidence would be gone or the self-doubt would be gone, like going and jump in, do the training and do an Ironman. But I was sitting around waiting for this moment, you know, for this magical moment. But what I found is that it doesn't work like that. That you, you, Sometimes you have to do the thing along with the self-doubt. Sometimes you have to do the thing along with that lack of confidence. Sometimes you have to do that thing absolutely terrified absolutely hands trembling absolutely you know panic absolute anxiety and just do it anyway feel the fear and do it anyway and then reap the rewards of after you've done it and that like and that for me is like checking for monsters under the bed you know how do you know there's no monsters under the bed you go there and look like you know what i mean and like that or what if we put out this art on social media and people laugh at it you know so what you know you know the thing is that You've won that battle, and we talked about this at the start of the podcast. You've won that battle with the little man in your head, you know, the salesman in your head that's telling you not to do that thing or not to put out that creative art or not to go on that 5K or not to, you know, have a healthy lunch today or whatever it is that we have this little salesman in our head, you know, and when we realize the great things we're capable of doing and the great things we can bring to life. Like if you were still sitting on your couch now, going like, geez, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put out that play because John, uh, back in second class there, will, uh, will, will think I'm an idiot. Like you know, and now look at you, and now look at the amount of potential people you might help because of that, because of that. Or there's probably other blokes out there with that terminal uniqueness that think no one else suffers from mental health and they don't know where else to turn. And then you have this great ability to t- articulate about your mental health, but also. In a in a humorous ways to make it kind of make it more kind of um you know uh, conceivable that you can understand it a bit more, but then there's a bit of humor on it, so it's a bit more you can engage with it a bit more as well, like you know. And it's like, but if I had it sat there and being like, no, I'm not putting that out because what people think. And I've seen this thing, this quote recently, you know, it's about Picasso created more than like fifty thousand works of art but there's only a hundred of them are, are considered a masterpiece, you know, and that's less than 1% of his creations are still relevant. So it's essentially saying, stop trying to be perfect. It's all about a numbers game and just start creative and just be courageous enough to share it. Like, Yeah. That's like, that's all so true. And like, I, I still, I still uh, kind of, I still battle with that every day. That thing of, if I, 
if it's not perfect, I'm not doing it, you know. Uh, and that's that's an issue for me because I don't want to sh- I don't want anybody thinking that something I've done isn't you know is less than than brilliant. And wherever that comes from, you know, I, I probably grew up as um, you know a people pleaser. The environment I grew up in, I, I needed to impress that the older people around me. I needed them. I needed to them to be to think I was a great lad. So I kept having to do great things. And if if you know, I wouldn't try and do something because you know I'd almost guess. You, you know, I'd be guessing first of all, will that turn out great? I, I don't think so. It's probably no point in trying that. So, so like you have to, yeah, do trust the process. Do lots of. Um, do lots of shitty things like to do do things do it badly a lot, a lot of the time um and then and then eventually you'll do something good and and it, like it's it's not about fucking doing things right it's just about living life mm. like like life is life is a series of sort of difficult moments and bumps in the road and ups and downs and like things like therapy and meditation, swimming, like they're just tools that you use to help you enjoy the ride, you know, because, you know, once I, I kind of keep, I tell myself and today I kind of had to remind myself, like uh, there was a point where I was trying to do my work and I, and I couldn't because, and I was, I was frustrating myself because nothing I, I kind of, I do a lot of writing and work, but nothing, nothing I wrote was, was right you know and, and at one point I wasn't even writing anything down I was going no everything in my head was wrong so like every now and then I have to have a word at myself and say keep just fucking write the fucking shit down <laughs> the really bad all the write it all down and then pick out and then you'll get and then tidy it up afterwards but just you start writing and then and then and then sort of clean it up afterwards but I would be I would be frozen with fear sitting in front of the computer uh not doing anything and mm it's 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 about that it's about the struggle you know and it's about once you once you remind yourself every now and then that it is a struggle then you're like ah yeah it is a struggle yeah i forgot i'm not perfect yeah yeah grand i'm a bit of a fucking weirdo and i have these weird uh i don't know fucking notions about these weird things in my head and once you kind of go yeah it is a fucking struggle and i am a bit weird then you then you relax and you go, yeah, that's cool. I, I do have a weird way of working. So then I just fucking crack on, you know? Yeah. So you just have to have words yourself every now and then and remind yourself that things are fucking mad. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So again, it comes back to embracing and celebrating that that weirdness, like, you know what I mean? And uh, let, letting yourself loose. Because and that's the thing on perfectionism. You know, that, that, like, that, that for me, I found that was one of the kind of core reasons for kind of my poor mental health was that no matter what I done, I had that inner critic there. Like I could play football and score a hat trick or I could fucking, you know, paint them on the Lisa and I'd still be picking up problems with it. You know, but for the people done it, I'd be like, well, fair play to it. But if I done it, you know, it just wasn't, it just didn't cut it. Like, you know, and uh, slowly, like slowly letting myself off the hook and slowly kind of giving myself a pat on the back, like and the saying, right, well done. And, and like that, that, you know what I mean? That I found as well that creativity isn't meant to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like per- perfection doesn't exist. You you look at nature, you see trees, you see clouds, you see stars, you see waves. They're all like not like they're all the abnormal. They're all the opposite of perfect. There's no straight square. It seems perfection is this human ideology that doesn't exist anywhere else in nature. Like you know. And for me, 
the that creativity there's nothing perfect about creativity that the, what makes it so beautiful is that it is strange that it's original you know what i mean and uh you know and and like just to put it out there and, and get it out there and, and number one is that how, how does it make you feel and you do and i found over the years that uh creativity has been a great resource for my mental health and it's mad look i, I think a lot of um anxious people tend to have like creative intellects you know because we tend to create like a lot of problems in our heads like we're thinking of all these scenarios that might never happen or will never happen you know and just trying to find a way to to channel that mind that we have like and uh, you know it's like fuel it can be fuel can you know can warm your house up or can burn your house down but it's about trying to channel it in a in a positive way you know we find that depending on my mood and my energy levels like it determines the amount of arseholes I meet in a day or the amount of bad work I have in a day. And, you know, if my mood is off, I, I, I tend to, like, when I am creating something, I'll have, um, I'll have that perfectionism in me where I'm like, no, that's not good enough, that's not good enough. But then there's days when my mindset's really good and I love everything I'm doing, like, you know? Yeah, no, totally, yeah. I mean, all of that is 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 so spot on. And and I, re- I like, that thing of that you said about the monsters under the bed, like, like that 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 works on so many different levels like it works with in relationships it works with it works with work that you're trying to do like you know what is the thing that you're struggling with like go and fucking like as you said embrace it embrace the struggle embrace the fucking mm. the, the the madness of it embrace your own madness uh give yourself a hug and you know sort of like just be as i said like just yeah fucking um things are weird and you know it's almost like it's almost like, and, and I, it's, it's not a negative thing, but it's, it's almost like if you can tell yourself, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Like nothing matters can sound like such a negative thing, mm. but nothing matters. It, it, nothing fucking matters. Like, it, like walk out the road there and, and stand at the top of the estate there and sing a song if that's what you want to do. Because yeah. you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. And well, the neighbors will think you're mad. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter if they think you're mad. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, you can you can almost apply it to anything. Well, you, you go take the go down the road of, of where you're thinking of you know how embarrassing it would be if you did X, Y, and Z. And just every time you you know you encounter a moment where you go, well, that I couldn't do that because that fuck it doesn't fucking matter. It yeah. actually doesn't matter in the greater scheme of things. I you know, it, actually, yeah. it just doesn't matter. So let you like you just give yourself a break, let yourself off the hook and tell yourself it doesn't matter. You know, the world doesn't revolve around you. And if you do something, then someone fucking laughs at, well, at least you're fucking living. At least you're, at least you're trying something. And I, I worked in a radio station once. And, I, and I, I think about this a lot. And I remember we played a song. It was kind of a new song. And, the pers- and I was kind of the manager at the radio station at the time. So the person played the song. And then they came out and said, well, look, we probably shouldn't play that song again. You know? And I was like, well, why not? Well, because we got, we got two texts in saying they didn't like the song. And I was like, okay. So we probably have like, I don't know, how many, however many listeners we had listening at the time, maybe 30,000 listeners at the time, right? And two people didn't like the song. And it's kind of like that in life. You can't, don't play it, don't not play the song because someone might not like it. Like, you know, it's like you said, loads of people might love it. You know, don't, like, Playing five aside, you you score five goals and you come home and you can't sleep that night because you're remembering the fucking sitter you missed, and mm. that's all you can think about. Like, don't let the 
don't let the negative control your life because then then you're just putting yourself in a box you're like you're yeah it's, it's you know, mad isn't it i remember that one of the most motivational things i've heard was of a, of a nephew he's, he's 10 he's he's autistic and um he was, he's got he, he's mad into the matrix you know we got mad like he's he watched the film and he watches it like nearly every day he loves it he's obsessed with it and we we're out playing football once and uh, he kicked his football into the like into this ditch it was gone into a lot of bushes we couldn't get it out and he just walked out grand they said do, do, do you not want your ball and he goes oh, look it doesn't really matter he goes sure look sure look i'm in the matrix anyway so nothing's real and he walked away <laughs> and i just i always think about that now you know when i'm worried about something i'm just like I sure look, I'm in the matrix anyway, like nothing's real. It's all a big uh, simulation, like, you know, and I always find that really motivational. Like, if I'm worried about doing something, if you're worried about going on stage or putting something out, it's just like, I sure look, I'm in the matrix anyway, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, once you decide that, once you just, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, I think people, and people think about mental health and, 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 and dealing with life and and even things like, you know, the universe and manifestation and you know is this a, is you know is it all just a big hologram blah blah, blah. maybe and mm. like wouldn't it be great crack if it was and let's not fucking worry about it anyway because none of it matters so let's just like let's just try and have fun you know if if you're if there's something in your head if you've got an itch to scratch and that's you know that's about getting up on stage and performing a play that you've written fucking go for it um, because nothing matters, and it doesn't, you know, it 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 doesn't fucking it, just, you know, it's almost like people talk about the the universe sort of looking after you when you when you when you you know jump in the universe will catch you, and there's a lot to be said for that because I think I often felt like I was on my own, and and to a certain degree you are on your own, like you you kind of have to you kind of have to have a sit down with yourself and figure out it, it helps if you've got supportive people around you, but you kind of have to sit down with yourself the odd time and say, look, you know, I'm struggling here and be a bit honest with yourself and say, maybe I, I, I should go and talk to somebody. Maybe I should pick up that phone and see about talking to a therapist, or maybe I should be honest with my wife about how I'm feeling and, and, and you know, see how she reacts. And, um, and you know sometimes like that that's a very lonely place to be but you know to, to it's the courage to be vulnerable in that situation but but also if i go back to my therapist so I, I went to the therapist on my own and he got me writing and then i was in a creative writing course and all those people that were sitting around that table when we were writing and i was reading out my story they that was i was kind of collaborating with them so we were a team then so me and luke in the therapist's office we were a team so I was, he was going, right, well, look, see how this feels and I'll talk to you next week. So he was, we were team Keith and Luke and then, and then I was heading off and doing stuff, coming back and reporting to him the next day. So that was kind of like teamwork, you know? And then I got into that writing room and I was collaborating with all these writers. And then I started working with Janet. And then, and then the, the play kind of took, took on a life of its own where the Riverbank got involved and said, look, we'll give you a few quid to put on a work in progress. We let you use our rehearsal space to, to, to rehearse in. And then... You know, the guy called Phil who works in the Riverbank, he's like, doing, you know, he's the lighting technician and he's now designed this. Like all these people sort of come along and get involved and help you. Mm -hmm. Once you start 
like once you get busy and start doing the thing, the people that the universe will come and people will come and help you and people will get involved. And it's amazing how that happens yeah, as well. So it's mad. Yeah. It's like if you just you manifest things like that, you know, but when you're when you're on your right path, you know, all the all all these things just seem to fall into place. Yeah. Like it's it is fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's powerful. And it's great to have that mindset as well, you know. Like, and for you what like what would be the greatest advice you've ever gotten oh my god that's a, that is a very tough question um i you see I, i'll just go back to i'll go back to the vulnerability thing like when that was said to me like i thought i thought being vulnerable and i, I say this as a joke but i i thought being vulnerable meant you know playing hurling without a helmet um I didn't understand what it meant. I didn't understand that you could, you could fix yourself by being honest. I didn't understand that. I would have thought that the world didn't need to hear my fucking problems. I would have thought that the world didn't need to know that uh, I had weaknesses. Like, why would I be telling people that? Because why would they care? And sure, I have to hide that from the world. I have to pretend that I'm... So I, and, 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 and that just unlocked everything because with vulnerability, it allows you to get things wrong. So then you try things. It allows you to talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to. Like I have friends now that with, I'm friends with people that maybe in, in the past life I wouldn't have talked to before because I thought, well, they're, they're not my type of people or that's not my scene or they're not my crowd or they're like, you know, like cutting myself off from fucking, you know, 90% or I don't know, 99% of the world because I thought that they might not be the type, my type of, like just weird things that are in your head about. So vulnerability just allowed me to meet new people. I love that. Yeah. Uh, have, have honest conversations with people I've never met before. Um, try things out. And because it didn't matter if it was, it didn't have to be perfect. And even things like meditation, it allowed me to, to sit with myself mm. and and I think that's probably one of the most difficult things and I think that there are people and there might be people listening to this who are struggling with booze or struggling with um, meditation or mindfulness and we hear it all the time like oh you know mindfulness is great and meditation is great and I, I don't drink anymore and that's great like I think I think there's a lot of work that has to be done before you can get to the point where like I stopped drinking, like I didn't, I didn't go to the therapist going, I want to stop drinking. But therapy got me to a point where I just didn't want to drink anymore. Yeah. That, that, it just happened. It, I just, there was a moment where my wife said, do you want to drink? It was a Friday evening. We normally have a glass of wine or whatever. I would say if, if anybody asked me, I wasn't a heavy drinker. I was a weekend drinker, but you know, I, I drank enough over the weekend but that was my release. That was my way of relaxing. But anyway, it was a Friday and my wife said, do you want to drink? And I knew in that moment. And I can remember thinking, I think I no, I actually feel better now all the time than I know I'd feel after a couple of glasses of wine. So it used to be that the couple of glasses of wine or the few beers made me feel better. Mm. But because of the work, the therapy, the vulnerability, the honesty, the, the meditation, the, all that kind of stuff. I suddenly, I, I suddenly found myself down at a point where I was like, 
I don't, I don't want because you know, I, and I also know there's probably a hangover coming out. You know, I don't, I don't want any of that. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't need it. I don't need the break from my own head. It's mad, isn't it? And it's, uh, I think that's the thing about therapy. You know, we start the question, why do we do what we do? And I think we never slow down enough to have a look at our own patterns and our own kind of beliefs you know that we're always in a forward motion go 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 always wanting to be distracted but because of that what you said there we're just so uncomfortable in our own skin like you know and um, then i remember hearing this guy say you know that he'll escape into anything like drink drugs or figurals you know whatever he can find an escape from but the purpose like but the thing is that the drink drugs and the figurals was the solution so if it's that's the solution then what's the problem and the thing was that I was the problem. It was my thoughts, my beliefs, you know, my environment that was the problem. And, you know, if I can change my environment and where I am in my life, both mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, I'll, my life be a lot more, like be a nicer place to be that I won't need to escape. Like you've never seen a kid trying to escape out of Disneyland because like they're in such a nice place, like, you know. And that's what I found with my life. When I started to improve my life, so like life is like a diet, you know, if I eliminate all the shit out of my diet, be it the toxic people, the toxic relationships, the toxic fucking um, beliefs or behaviors, the things aren't serving me or empowering me, you know, have a look at all that stuff. But the problem is that we, when do we ever get an opportunity to have a look at that stuff that's not serving us? It's usually when it's too late. And I think that's one of the positive things about a lockdown or maybe a breakdown, like the breakdown and the breakups lead to breakthroughs because they actually make us reflect and have a bit of clarity on where we're going and what we're doing. And if we always do what we always done, we'll always get what we've always gotten. You know, and I think um, Albert Einstein has that definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting different results, you know. And then finally, when we're at the kind of stop and say, right, this isn't serving me, this isn't working for me. And it's hard, like breaking apart and it's hard, stepping out of the comfort zone is difficult, like, you know, but it's like the, the benefits that you get when you finally say, right, I want, I want to change my life. But most change is usually catapulted from a place of suffering and pain. You know, the pain can be a great, you know, motivator and, and enabler. Like if you're away on holiday and you're walking across the sand and that sand is so, like, so warm and so hot, it's so painful just to stand there. You're either going to run towards the sea or you're going to run towards the shade. But either way, that pain is going to motivate you to move. And a lot of time, that's going to be one of the good things about pain in life. That's just the struggle that leads us to change. That you don't find the light in the light. You find the light in the dark, you know, and to kind of find, use that to empower you to find that change. So just keep, for the last question, because I know uh, I know you're up to your eyes at this play. I don't wanna, I don't want to hold you too long. Um, what advice would you if you could go back, say, 10, 15 years ago, what advice would you give to yourself? Go to a therapist, you mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. Like I wish I wish I kind of maybe had that time over because. Like I have two, I have uh, two kids, Finn and, and Anna, and they're thirteen and nineteen, and like I remember thinking, I remember doing this interview about parenting and, and thinking, geez, I should have fucking, I wish I'd gone to therapy before the kids were born because, uh, because it's only now that 
and like I don't have I'm not the perfect father I don't have the perfect relationship with them but it's only now that I can that I'm starting to have a more honest relationship with them where where and where I where I can just look them in the eye and I can I can I don't have to pretend to be like this great guy this guy who never you know like a, I don't have to be a fake father like a, a, um I can have honest conversations with them you know um I can tell my 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 daughter that I smoked too much dope in, in college or whatever like you know I'm not it's not even that like it's just just having a more honest relationship with them and it's 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 more it's just so much more fulfilling um and I think that yeah, I mean, I think you see all the anything I'm going to say about what I was ten years ago all comes back to what I learned through therapy. Like so, so basically, we'll be just get some therapy, and you know, all of those things. Like the thing about drinking is, when you've had a few pints, you're like, "Fuck!" And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to I'm going to write a play, and you tell anybody around you, "I'm writing the fucking I'm going to write a play." You know, I haven't started yet. But as soon as you sober up in the Monday morning you're kind of back you're not even back to square one you're back to like you're back to be you know square fucking you know minus mm. three and yeah there's no progress you know um and 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 i and like i i don't think it's not like i'd say it to myself 10 years ago give up the booze because i know what i know that the therapy had to come before the giving up the booze but there are times where i feel like jesus i wish you can't you can't go back but I wish I knew I knew them what I know now. Um, but but that's life, and I have to look at it in a way that well, I still have, you know, a good few years left, hopefully. So instead of regretting, I'm just gonna, you know, look to the future and 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 try and try and do all the things that that kid growing up in Athlone wanted to do that I forgot about. I love that. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't it? And it like it is, like even like even hearing that in your twenty if you're twenty years old, and we can take so much for granted, you know. And I remember hearing this like motivational quote was like if you're ever doubting yourself, you know, pretend close your eyes, pretend you're eighty years old and you're sitting in your deathbed and uh, and you go, oh, geez, I wish I was forty again, I could go and do all them things about the energy. And then open your eyes and you realize you're that age, you can go and do it. Like, you know, and mm. there's a fella in 10 years looking back where you are now, going, geez, I wish I was that age now. You know what I mean? So there's always like, even though we're looking back to when we were 20, there's someone looking back at us now, going, geez, I wish I was that age, you know. And as you said, it's just checking there's no monsters under the bed and you know, reminding ourselves that we're all just in the matrix. So just feck it, go for it. And for you know it. what I mean? Doesn't matter. Nothing yeah. matters. But, but, but the other thing about the other thing about like the and you'll know as well like the achievements are great but it's the day-to-day shit that's the most enjoyable yeah but that, that's the thing like the, like you see the people on the podiums and but what what have they done like it's the journey it's not the destination if anything man i find that like the race itself quite depressing because it's this massive anti-climax as soon as it's over there's a massive gap in my life and the, and the alcoholic in me as soon as we finished that race the first thing we said was all right now what you know, it's like, now what do I do? And it's like, it's a nice shiny thing in the distance, and that's motivating me. But it's like anything, man. It's a journey. Like, if you're going away on a lad's holiday or a trip down the country or whatever, it's always a journey that's the best crack. 
you know what I mean? And that's the, the bits that stand the funny story. It's not so much like the, the getting up to Mount Everest up and have to be able, it's like the trip up there that was the 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 the, the nice part, like you know what I mean? What yeah. you remember is the journey up there and recognizing how far we've come, you know, rather than looking at Jesus, how far I have to go, let's look at how far we've come, like, you know. And it is, it's 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 the journey rather than the destination that's the important bit. There's someone knocking on the door. <laughs> okay, man. The, other, the, the right. other thing then is that I always say, and I didn't realize it, you know, when people used to say, keep the faith, I didn't really know what it meant, you know, and mm. it, it's not even that it's anything deep. It's just, you know, yeah. stick with, keep the faith, keep the blinkers yeah, on. It's all turn out okay. That's what I find. I, I, when I feel that fate, man, I feel it in the sea. I feel it when I'm looking at the stars. Like, I'm a big hippie, like, mm. and uh, you realize that when I look in the, up the stars when I'm in the sea, just how little and minuscule my problems are and when I look at the stars and realize just how much is going on beyond them what I can see you know and it kind of just it humbles in and realize look your problems aren't that important like you know what I mean like there's like the like there's so much more going on out there you know just to keep it real keep the faith keep the faith and just if people want to find out more about the play how do they how do they do that yeah, they can just go to the, my brilliant producers, the Riverbank Art Centre in Newbridge. Go to the website, riverbank.ie, and uh, they've been absolutely brilliant. But, but uh, all the dates are there. And just, you know, Google pure mental riverbank.ie and, and the, all the dates will come up around the country. There's about 16, 16 venues around the country. So brilliant. no excuses. Kill, no excuses. Fill that place out. Keep the faith. Thanks, man. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers.